Kevin Wesley is a YouTube channel that was created in December 2006, and last year, in 2022, he would upload a video that would showcase a new angle of one of the most horrific events to have ever occurred. The whole video is 8 minutes and 46 seconds long, and one of the key moments that it showcases is when the second plane hits the World Trade Center, and the civilians' raw reactions as to what is occurring right in front of them. They would upload this video in the early 2000s, but it would be left private until OP would notice and show it to the masses. It's horrifying to hear people question what is happening, to have no knowledge that we do now. The fear, panic, and dread that they were feeling resonates from the video, and we can't even imagine how confused and terrified they must have been. This is easily the clearest and longest footage we have of the second plane hitting the building, and it's crazy to think that this may not be the only unseen footage of the event. Can you imagine how many other videos are maybe out there just waiting to see the light of day? Over the years, many rabbit holes have been brought to light. Some more terrifying than others. These could have been exposed on Reddit, Twitter, or even here on YouTube. So allow us to take you on a journey down some of the darkest rabbit holes that the internet has to offer. Are you ready? Julia Faustiner would become an internet celebrity almost overnight when she would amass 1 million followers on Instagram. Why? Because she made the bold claim that she was missing British girl Madeleine McCann. For those who don't know, Madeleine McCann was born on May 12, 2003. Her family would be on a trip to Portugal when they would leave their children alone, asleep in their ground floor apartment, while they dined in the restaurant 180 feet away. Regular checks were made on the children, until Kate, Madeleine's mother, would check on the children children at 10pm that night to find Madeline missing. In the weeks that followed, the Portuguese police would believe that Madeline had perished in an accident and that the parents had covered it up. They were made suspects by the Portuguese police, but the case was archived due to lack of evidence. Investigations continued for private investigators until Scotland Yard would begin operating Grange, dedicated to finding out the truth. Suspects were followed over the years, but no one was pinned for the crime, and the investigation was scaled back in 2015, with only significantly leads being followed. In 2020, a suspect was arrested in Germany and prosecutors were convinced that he was behind the crime. To this day, it has not been confirmed. Madeline's parents were subject to a lot of allegations that they were involved in the disappearance, but they have flat out denied it. To this day, this case remains extremely well known and spoken about in the United Kingdom. Before we take a look at Julia, it's important to note some of Madeline's identifying features. She has blonde hair, blue-green eyes, a small brown spot on her left calf, and a dark strip on the iris of her right eye, which has been noted as the most likely thing to identify her if she was ever to be identified. Now for Julia. Julia is a 21-year-old aspiring musician and model from Poland, living in Germany. Julia claims that she cannot remember a lot of information from her childhood and that she isn't sure of her exact age. She also claims to have never seen her birth certificate and that her mother acted strange when she requested to view it. So, what evidence does Julia have that she 
she is Madeline. She says that she first heard that she was Madeline from her grandmother a few months prior to all of this. She also states many physical similarities going as far back as her childhood. She also says that a police sketch of a suspect in the crime looks oddly similar to her childhood abuser. She is requested that the McCann parents carry out a DNA test to know for sure and just last week, a source close to the family said that they were heavily considering it. It seems as if this is no longer happening, however, and it is reported that Julia's family have also refused to partake in one. The girl reportedly wants to go to court in order to get one. The family of Julia have put down her claims, saying that she left their house with childhood photographs and documents that included her birth certificate. They stated, For us as a family, it is obvious that Julia is our daughter, granddaughter, sister, niece, cousin, and stepniece. We have memories. We have pictures. Julia also has these photos because she took them from the family home with the birth certificate, as well as numerous hospital discharges. Julia once wanted to be a singer, a model. She always wanted to be popular. What's happening now is she got one million followers. The internet won't forget. And it's obvious that Julia isn't Maddie. We are devastated at this current situation. The Polish police have also said that they have ruled out any possibility of Julia's story carrying any weight. What do you think of all of this? Do you believe Julia's claims? Or do you believe people directly related to the case have shut her down? This is an ongoing situation, so it's likely that more information will come out very soon. And at the time of writing, Julia's account is still active on Instagram and is growing by the day. Picture the scene. It's a rainy day. You're in your comfortable bed. You close your eyes and drift off to sleep. But then, without warning, This is what an individual may experience when going through an episode of sleep paralysis, and it's one of the most terrifying things that can happen, as it's hard to tell yourself that it isn't real. Sleep paralysis is defined as when a person cannot move or speak as you're waking up or falling asleep. It tends to be harmless, but that doesn't change the fact that it is terrifying. This can last several minutes, and you may see things that aren't real, such as other people in the room or creatures you cannot name. You may have difficulty breathing, and you may feel that your end is near. It is also common to get a feeling of paranoia. Why is it being included in this video? Because the internet is filled with terrifying stories of when people have gone through this. Take this personal experience from a Facebook user named Alice, for example. I've been having the same dream regularly since I was a child. I wake up and I'm in my bed. There's someone in the house. I can hear footsteps moving around, coming up the stairs, slowly. If I stay still, maybe the person won't come for me. I can hear him coming down the hall, and I can see his shadow. He is a minotaur. He has a knife, and he's coming for me. I scream. I wake up relieved, except there's someone at the bedroom door, and this time, I can't scream terrifying, right? Well, there are many more stories from around the internet. I was eight and had woken up in the middle of the night to see a pitch black, tall lady with really long hair standing at the foot of my bed. I couldn't make out any facial features or anything, but I knew it was a woman. I couldn't really move or breathe, but I didn't want to because I didn't want to make any noise. I had never heard of sleep paralysis, so for years I thought I saw a ghost. I never slept in that room again. 
I woke up to the front door opening and thought it was weird the dog didn't bark. I tried to wake my husband up, but couldn't move. My eyes were open and I could see him in bed next to me, laying on his side, facing away from me, but I couldn't move or speak to get his attention. I heard the rustle of jeans rubbing together as someone walked through the living room and into the kitchen. I tried to scream, tried to nudge my husband, tried to move, tried everything, but I was frozen. I somehow knew then that my husband was no longer with us. Not sure why or how, but I knew that he wasn't alive. I heard the heavy footsteps of boots coming towards the bedroom so I closed my eyes and pretended to be asleep, all while still trying to reach out and touch my husband. I figured out it was a man. He came around the foot of the bed to my side and even though I couldn't turn and look, I knew he was there. I kept my eyes closed and tried not to let him see my tears. Then he leaned down over me. I can still smell the alcohol on his breath as he leaned up to my ear and said, Honey, he is already gone and you're next. Sleep paralysis is something that I never want to experience, as I can't imagine how it must feel to be helpless when your mind believes that someone or something has invaded your home. I don't have any personal sleep paralysis experiences to share, but if you do, please leave your story in the comments down below. I'm sure I would all be very interested to hear about it. In January 2017, a post would be made to Reddit with the title, I was in a cult. This post would be made by a throwaway account on the subreddit, r confessions. It told of the horrifying experience that this Redditor had to live through. They start the post by saying that they hadn't told anyone about their experience and that they needed to get it off their chest. In 2014, they were in college and suffering with severe depression. They tried many things to help with it, and one method that they tried was a support group. And one day, a man would be at the support group, telling the attendees about a summer holiday that they could go on for completely free. Opie was interested, and in the end, decided to go. Opie got on the coach, and they arrived at a huge campsite. A doctor gave everyone there a physical checkup. Their possessions were taken from them and they reluctantly put on a provided tracksuit. The first strange experience would come that night when the boys would be sleeping without their tracksuits on. A group leader would enter their dorm and tell them all off, demanding that they put the tracksuits back on. This was strange and they obliged in front of him, but took them off as soon as he had left the room. Opie says that over the next few days, the group leaders were acting weird and extremely strict. They were told by the leaders that if they wanted to stay at the camp after the five-week holiday was up, that they could, and that they could even invite their families to live with them. Obviously, this was a big red flag, and Opie was starting to become concerned. They would ask to contact their family, but the group leaders would refuse, saying that he couldn't contact them until the five-week period was up. Opie didn't listen to this and eventually snuck into the office during the therapy sessions. He called his parents to come pick him up and took his phone back from his confiscated suitcase in the process. Although things were looking good and his parents were on their way to pick him up, he did get caught. He was berated in front of the group, but when he felt his phone buzz in his pocket, 
he sprinted past the furious group leaders and to his parents' car. The group leaders attempted to open the locked car doors and were shouting that he had to stay as it was in a contract that his parents had signed, but they thankfully didn't listen and drove off. The leaders would show up at the door the next day and the police would be called to escort them away. They were relentless and tons of people would repeatedly show up in the following months to forcefully bring OP back. This would eventually get so bad that they would have to leave their life behind and hide under a fake identity. They would end the post by saying that to their knowledge, the main group leader had ended his own life after the police began an investigation into the cult. This quickly became very popular, being covered by content creators such as Nexpo in videos that have racked up millions of views. The original post currently has over 1,000 upvotes, but just a few days later, he would make another post to the subreddit r slash help. The title was, how do I delete a message I posted? And considering the disturbing nature of the original post, this was very concerning for those keeping track of the user. No more updates would come until January the 1st, 2023. Hello, I am fine. Thank you for your concern. Would be a message posted to the subreddit doll photography by the user after being inactive for years. It was unknown why he had returned. Was it for fame? Was there an update? Has the cult found him? People had so many questions. He would return on January the 31st to say that he was going to provide an update to his story the following day. And when that next day came, he did just that. To sum it up, the story was not real, and it was fabricated by the throwaway account after a creative spark. Opie did suffer mental health issues in college, and he had attended a support group. Someone had attended that support group to tell them about a summer holiday, and that same person did show up at Opie's house with a long contract. Opie's parents sent them away, saying that it felt like a cult. And that was the end of it. Opie would remember this experience years later when they were bored and at their office job and made the post to r slash confessions. The post would be covered by a range of content creators and their favorite YouTuber covered it. They say that they didn't expect it to get as much attention as it did. Opie was going to let this fade into obscurity until their doctor had alerted them to the fact that they did not have that much time left to live. They couldn't take this to the grave with them, so they decided to leave one last letter in the form of a reddit post to the people who had made his story so popular over the years. I'm sure we can all be happy to finally have closure on a story that has been investigated for years, and I'm sure that every single person who has felt the smallest bit of fascination by OP's story will be wishing them the best for their health and for the rest of their life. If I asked you, what makes an image creepy, what would you say? Some people may say the people featured in it, 
or maybe the age of it, while others would say that an image is creepy if it is unidentified. On the internet, there are lots of unidentified images, but that's not the only factor that makes the majority of them creepy. Take this one for example, a young boy surrounded by four strange looking Teletubbies. This photo looks to be taken in a hospital, possibly somewhere in the Netherlands due to the Dennis Bergkamp poster on the back wall. The boy is not wearing a hospital gown, but he does have something on his right wrist that could possibly be a bandage or a wristband. He also doesn't seem to be in any fear of the bootleg mascot. One of the earliest uploads of this photo is from the subreddit r creepy, where it was uploaded in 2015. The OP on that post said that he'd noticed the picture on the wall of a children's ward in an English hospital, which would make sense considering Dennis Bergkamp had also played for Arsenal Football Club from 1995 to 2006. Redditors found that the poster may have been from a British football magazine released in late 1998. So, we have a time frame for the image and a location, but still no confirmation of the origin. I guess we just have to take the original OP's word for it and assume that they snatched this from a children's ward. Teddy is another creepy image that accompanied a creepypasta. And once again, the origins are unknown. This is similar to the Jeff the Killer situation, in that the creepypasta isn't really relevant here, and people are just determined to uncover the origins. However, so far they have had no luck. One of the main leads came when someone would post to Amino in 2017, asking if people remembered the creepypasta. They included a storytime video to rejog people's minds, before revealing that they had bought a teddy in an antique shop. They provided images to confirm that they were telling the truth. This provided to be a dead end, as they have not replied to any of the internet investigators desperately trying to question them. So far, the running theory is that it was an old teddy bear that originated from Russia. To end on a positive note, this unsettling image has been identified after many users had searched for the origin. This was actually a clown animatronic that was created for a mall in 1983 to greet customers and to provide information. He had about six movements and it is unknown what he would have said to visitors or what he even sounded like, as his show tape contains no audio nowadays. His original head mechanism is also missing, so he is currently stuffed and is borrowing the eyes from another animatronic. Footage of the clown at a convention was recovered in 2021, however, in the video, he was not activated, so it simply offered a better view. In addition to this, a present day photo has also been released. It would be extremely interesting if one day, somehow, the original audio from the show tape was recovered. However, it seems as if this would be an impossible task. The photos discussed aren't the only ones being actively investigated, and you can find a ton if you know where to look. Hopefully more of these strange images will have their own origins revealed one day, but for now, they remain a mystery.
Big thank you to my Patreon supporters, Mari Gan, Neil, Alex Rod, K4 Silver, Entrepreneur, Dennis, Chelsea Weinzel, Collectiki, and Cynics Alley. A link to Opium's channel will be in the description and on the end screen. I highly recommend you check out their content as they deserve so many more subscribers.